Hey, how's it going? Hey, Mike. Really good. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. Um, I guess with, uh, I don't know that much about Terra. I know like uh, that Luna is like associated, but um, I think it popped up in Coinbase. It's like wrapped. Um, really, I'm like looking to understand like the DeFi space a lot better. Um, I started dabbling in it and felt so confusing that I kind of just did like the BlockFi and was looking at like Celsius and stuff like that um, until I like really felt like understood it better. But um, I think if you understand it, there's a lot of money to be made. So I was just kind of like trying to figure out that space. Awesome. Cool to hear it. Yeah, that was actually how I got started in DeFi 2 was BlockFi back in, well, before COVID. So that would have been 2019. And it's not like the most respected way by, by crypto OGs because it's pretty centralized and everything. But at the time, it was a pretty solid way to just compound your, if you wanted to like buy and hold BTC or, or Ethereum or something. And so that was my strategy there. To, to me, um, it started like, I guess from an entry level perspective, it just the complexities of it. And then it seemed like it didn't really make a ton of sense to be dabbling in, uh, in a lot of like the obvious and compounds and all that kind of stuff, unless you had like serious money because of fees. So that's really, I, I thought like the fee structure would be a lot lower, just going with a more centralized, unless I was talking about more like, so I didn't want to mess with that until I was outside of just dabbling in it. Totally. Yeah. Cause I didn't want to get eaten up by fees until like there was better, like layer twos and stuff. Yeah. That's a, a big barrier to entry is the, the F fees and like signing complex contracts really, you, you really eat a lot of fees. So like, if you don't have good size, it's almost impossible. You can't really trade without big size and it's it's much more like investing and you've got to be slow when you're compounding and, and collecting your rewards because otherwise you're just going to tread water or lose money and yeah and I that's a problem I'm not putting in like i don't understand the space enough to put in like big big money yet so i'm talking like 20 dollars at a time <laughs> hell yeah so for me I would say if you're trying to learn how some of this stuff works, the Binance smart chain is a solid way to like experiment just because it's super centralized and the fees are really low, but also Cosmos. So the, the Cosmos space, I mean, the, the coins are up today. Cosmos is up big today. Um, Adam and a bunch of Cosmos projects are surging. So that's an area where the DeFi opportunity has not yet quite taken off. And there's a couple market AMMs. Um, we talked about it last. What about Solana? I don't know much about Cosmos. I just, Binance, I didn't want to move towards because of the centralization for a while. But um, what is, and they just kind of let any token on there. But uh, like, I know Solana was blowing up for, I think, NFT and DeFi reasons. Um, Cosmos, I don't really fully understand. I did hear an interview on the guy that made Cosmos and I was pretty impressed, but I still don't fully, I guess it's supposed to be just this interoperability, like almost sort of like Polkadot between like all these different blockchains. Yeah, for sure. That's exactly it. So 
the the cosmos proof of stake approach is based on a thing called tendermint and terra is also i think based on tendermint as well so there's a strong relation between terra and cosmos projects and you see that happening here so the terra i suppose this is kind of a good segue to to start talking about the topic in the description but i'm not super expert mode on terra yet i've been following it for a couple months but i'm getting more in, interested in it and so apollo dow is launching a really interesting yield farming platform this week built on terra focused on the terra ecosystem but to just give a primer quick on on the way i see terra versus cosmos you have essentially a, a proof of stake system and then with Cosmos, what's really interesting is when you use the Kepler wallet, it's a very cultivated list of projects in the Kepler wallet, which is essentially the Cosmos hub. And yes, it's true. Anyone can kind of start a project based on the, the Tendermint blockchain or, or building off of Cosmos technology. But in order to get it on this hub, the community really has to believe in it and, and kind of validate it first. So several months ago, I think it was March, I found I came across the secret network, the ticker is SCRT. And what they were, what I was looking for was a way to bridge Monero into Ethereum, or Binance Smart Chain, I wanted to see if there existed a Monero bridge. And at the time, none existed. But what secret had, did you say Monero? Was, yes. The, so the privacy, like being able to like, just toggle between privacy and public yeah so you can bridge monero that's right you can bridge monero into the secret network and then you could us you could actually bridge it out as ethereum tokens or as bnb tokens and so what secret has built is this bridge but they, they've built these really great bridges into their their network and this is all based on cosmos so they're building more bridges actually just yesterday secret announced the bitcoin bridge into the secret swap network or the secret network, I should say. And so they're, they're adding a Terra bridge later. It's, it's really great. I mean, it's, it's going to be really dope, but there's some issues right now with liquidity and, and fees. Once you bridge it in and you want to trade it around, um, I would really invite you to look at that. That's a super interesting project and it's doing really well. Um, it, that's like, what, I wanted to hear your perspective about, the sec and what they're like you know there's that big thing with coinbase um i guess brian armstrong kind of went off at them um they're pretty much saying they don't want coinbase to be able to do uh i guess loans but that's like already done through gemini uh, uh, i think gemini has their version of it BlockFi has it and celsius and stuff like that so like you really think they're about to crack down on that kind of stuff is that just going to push everyone to these decentralized stuff? Yeah, I think it's going to definitely push people to decentralized platforms. It's harder to do, though, as a retail user, if you're not as well-versed on the tech. It's harder to get involved on Uniswap. It's harder to get involved on SecretSwap or all these other platforms. But absolutely, I think it's going to push more assets out. The... There's, I think the implications for the, the broader crypto market is going to be around the institutional aspect, right? Because you have a lot of money using Coinbase custody. Um, 
wanting loans on on those different things. But yeah, I mean, it's a huge problem for Coinbase. I'm not sure how they they're going to handle this, but yeah, a lot of like the OGs kind of like want to hate on the centralized, kind of, like the Coinbases and stuff like that. But it's like you have to realize that the, I mean, there's always going to be the people who you know want to use Linux or the you know the more like complex kind of things uh, that give you more control, but you have to like the general populace really doesn't isn't as focused on decentralization as uh, except they just want it to work they're like the the big thing is like ux like the user experience and it just working and if some centralized entity is able to do that like a, a lot of people aren't as idealistic as like you or i are and so i think that is one thing i was bullish about coinbase was was that they were going to have like they actually were kind of encouraging having both and they were talking about having like almost like an app store of DeFi and aggregating a lot of that to where it made it super easy to tap into a lot of those different things because they're investors in a lot of it too coinbase or gemini i'm sorry i'm talking more about coinbase i've heard they were like wanting to have pretty much like a DeFi app store almost yeah i'm not really familiar as much with that but obviously they want as many use cases as possible for people to be interested in crypto so that they come in, market, buy some stuff, incur some fees. Their whole revenue model depends on that. And I, I've i used Coinbase. I mean, that's what I first used to, to purchase. I think a lot of people are that way. So yeah, it's it's fun to hate on them and everything, but you do have to, to tip your hat to the on-ramp, the fiat on-ramp and, and making it easy for people. I yeah. liked it. I mean, I like Coinbase. Like, I've been pretty impressed with it, except for um, I don't like the big fees that you incur. Uh, you definitely, like, take a hit every time you buy something. So it's definitely advantageous to buy bigger amounts. It's not like Robinhood where you can just buy all these little stocks and not get any, pay any fees. So right. it definitely adds up. Yeah. I think Coinbase... So I still have friends who aren't even using Coinbase Pro. So there's just, there's literally a different section where you have much better fees. I remember the first time I discovered that. So back in 2017, you actually could do limit orders for free. So if you just wanted to like get in on a position, you could, you could literally set a limit order for as much size as you wanted at a penny lower than the current price. And if, if you got a nice little wick down, you could get an order filled for free on Coinbase. I remember when they moved that off, it was... A bummer, but I still use regular Coinbase. I don't use Coinbase Pro, but I thought that was more for trading. It is, but you can still initiate your investment size positions. I would encourage you to check it out, man, because the fees are way lower and you can still withdraw. So what you buy through there and then you transfer onto regular Coinbase? Well, you can. Yeah, you can easily just transfer between wallet to wallet, but you could also just leave it there. Do you leave your balance on Coinbase Pro? Do they like back that up on cold storage and stuff like regular Coinbase? Oh, oh yeah. I think if you want to do the cold storage, so I mean, if you want, you can just use Coinbase Pro, the interface there, to make your purchase and then transfer it to your Coinbase Vanilla. It's very easy to transfer from wallet to wallet, and then you would then use the uh, the Vanilla interface to to do the cold super lockup storage. I think. Yeah, I mean, but that's part of the You didn't fees, save. You're still going to save I was a lot of money. Like, why fees. do they charge such high fees? But I heard that's because they're, like, taking custody of it and, like, putting it in actual cold storage or something. So it's not hot, right, when it's in on Coinbase? 
I'm not sure. You'd have to, it depends on how you set it up. I think you can set up a vault. I've never really done a lot of that. I, I don't have that going on right now. I'm, I've got hardware wallets I'm using personally. What do you use, Ledger? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd like to do that. I definitely want to do that once I get up to like a certain balance. Yeah, I would say, you know, definitely. So the last week's episode, we talked about um, the blizzard. So there's this, there's this thing called the snowbank. Uh, this, the, it's, it's the blizzard project on BSC, Binance Smart Chain. And that when, when Binance Smart Chain was taking off last fall, I was very hesitant to get involved just because it was like, it's hard to take seriously. But then I had a friend kind of walk me through some stuff he was doing. And I was like, okay, yeah, like I got to get a piece of this. But the, the great part about BSC is when you do a transaction, you're only paying pennies. So if you want to like get your feet wet on these DeFi tools, that's a good way to start and figure out like what is a yield aggregator and, and see how that works. I really can't say this enough, but the best way to learn this stuff, this tech is to get your hands dirty and just send around a couple bucks. Now, obviously with Ethereum fees where they are, it's, it's harder to experiment and just toy with stuff. But that's why you could look at a chain like BSC or Cosmos has a platform called Osmosis which is the Osmo token is, is booming. And there's a lot of great DeFi there. There's just less, there's just fewer tokens and, and LP pools you can participate in, which is a testament to how hard they cultivate that. So there's things you can do um, to, to experiment and play with the tech this week with the Apollo Dow launch. I'm really excited to try that out. There's some really interesting stuff on Terra and there aren't, from what I can tell, yield aggregator tools and various um, things that, like in the BSC world, there's these auto compounders where it automatically takes your rewards and reinvests it for you without you having to claim the reward and do the, the manual steps and incur the fees. And I think these exist on Ethereum too, where these things can just auto compound. I think like Curve and, and Aave have that. But that way you don't have to spend, you know, your, your $70 fee to click and claim your rewards and then another $70 fee or whatever to redeposit what you've earned. And if that's making any sense, I don't know, but basically the compounding by auto compounding, you can save on fee money and, and not have to come online every day to, to reap your rewards. So Apollo Dow launching that in the Terra ecosystem is, is really interesting because the auto compounders, when they went live on BSC, they went ballistic. I mean, the, the, the native token of those projects, we're talking about like the beefy, beefy finance has an auto compounder on um, BSC. And that token went, went insane. I mean, people, people, uh, I can try to pull up the price, but basically I'm kind of, I'm kind of here watching Apollo Dow about to launch, hoping for something similar. But in any event, I know that by participating in the Apollo Dow community farming program, it will finally encourage me to dig in more on uh, Terra projects. I mean, yeah, if you pull up the beefy.finance chart on CoinGecko, it's been a while since I looked at this, but this thing was trading at like $80 last December on Christmas, and it went all the way up to $3,000 in March. So 
people were people made out like bandits if you were if you were getting and exploring these auto compounding tools on BSC. Um, I don't know if that's going to happen with Apollo Dow or not, but all I have to say is I have a lot more faith in the Terra ecosystem than I do the BSC ecosystem. And the Apollo Dow team, um, they're credible. They've got some backing and some validation from a group called, uh, there was a DeFi Alliance. I can't, I'm trying to pull it up, but that's how I learned about them was back in July, there was an event July 7th, there was an event called the DeFi Alliance Cohort, Cohort for Demo Day. And really interesting talk where a bunch of people in their accelerator program, this group, uh, the DeFi Alliance, they're kind of like a startup accelerator, kind of like a Y Combinator. So they invested a little bit. They, they've been helping Apollo Dow. I think they invested some money in them and helped their, their team take some money to build this stuff. And so that kind of is a, is a validation check mark for me. The DeFi Alliance is a well-regarded startup accelerator in crypto and DeFi. So watching them, and I, I have a list of other projects that I, I noted down during that day that I thought were interesting, but Apollo Dow was, I, I liked what they were talking about and it just seemed like a really cool project. So that's what's kept me kind of watching them. And I'm, I'm really excited that Tuesday, they're finally going to be launching this community farming project. Um, does any, do you have any questions about that? I mean, I haven't really even talked about the project yet, but I, I could kind of explain a little bit about what that means. If, if any of that's unclear, like what it means to do a yield aggregator or, you know, the DeFi accelerator. Um, does that make, does that make sense? Like what that would, what that means? Like they're a startup accelerator. Yeah. 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 I, I know what a startup accelerator is. It's just more like I just need to dig more into um, all these different types of earning money. Like I really wanted to – I was talking to somebody about just getting together and almost like breaking up all the different potential ways to like almost make like a passive income off of crypto and kind of divvying up like, okay, I'm going to focus on like um, providing liquidity, uh, yield aggregators you focus on staking and these other things. And I just wanted to really just like almost like aggregate all that information and try to understand. I probably staking and stuff is the easiest thing for me to understand, but then there's just so many different ways to, to earn money on it. Um, And definitely yield farming is something I just feel like I don't have much of a grasp on, but Yeah, totally. So, I mean, in my view, there's there's yield aggregators where you might be auto compounding assets. And then there's also yield aggregators where they spit out a native token. And that's what Apollo DAO is going to be doing. So they're going to have a native token, I think, from what I understand, where you'll earn this token. So 25%, I think it's 25% of their token supply will be earned by this community farming that starts on Tuesday. And so I think it's the sum of um, $3 million worth or something, $3 million um, tokens. I, I, have it, I have a link here. So they're going to have a total supply. Apollo, the Apollo token will have a total supply of 100 million tokens that will be distributed over three years. So the incentive to participate is 
really high right now because you're going to hope that this this token that they spit out in your reward is going to appreciate. And what's really interesting about them, they're a DAO, right? So Apollo DAO is a DAO. They're going to use the yield. And I explained what that means in the last episode where these platforms basically vampire off the yield on your deposit assets. And they're going to be doing all sorts of different things. They're going to run kind of like a hedge fund approach to strategies and that the belief is that you are going to set give them the yield on your assets where they're going to take your assets and go earn fees elsewhere the belief is that they're going to be able to do that more efe- efficiently than than you will right so that's what you pay a hedge fund, hedge fund to do you'd pay them a performance fee off of your earnings off those assets to go and invest it in different projects maybe they're going to use their this is like sets. a decentralized hedge fund almost yeah, yeah. So it is. It's basically like a venture. There's this thing out there called venture DAOs, and I can send you an article on this after the show, or after this room's over. And so all this stuff is really, really fascinating, and it's it's certainly like you could basically anonymously participate in a venture capital fund, a hedge fund, but it's it's all what's what here's what's super crazy, right? On on Terra, there's the Mirror Protocol where they are creating tokens that mirror the performance of stocks so they have like a twitter yeah i'm familiar token. with that one is that yeah so is, that's that's running on terra synthetics pretty much like very similar i think so i'm not an expert on those two projects yet but what's super interesting is for mirror they are the, the Apollo DAO is going to have auto compounding pools where you can deposit your mirror tokens and then you get rewarded on that, right? So it's almost like you get your dividends, um, but paid out in, in the Apollo token. Okay, so I'm really stoked about this. I think this use case is super interesting where you'll be able to basically it'd be like I could buy a share of Netflix or a hundred dollars with a Netflix stock or a thousand dollars of Netflix stock hold it where the underlying I'm, I'm my underlying position is exposed to the performance of that stock but then i'm also going to be earning apollo tokens for holding holding on to that and i just think that's that's a super interesting approach like you could theoretically have mutual funds i mean we could potentially create our own dao that would compete with Apollo DAO where we could do the same thing where we could charge somebody or we, we could basically like take a percentage of yield from our participants in our DAO where we're taking a percentage of the yield that we're earning on their deposits as our revenue. And that's what, that's what Apollo is doing. They have a whole revenue model based on this where they are trying to essentially create a self-sustaining business and build this war chest where the revenue is going to go in, you know, the, the revenue they earn. So there's a, there's a, they break this all down in their website. I don't have it memorized, but there are, I'll put a link in the description after we publish this. Can I ask what's your background? Yeah. So my background is institutional equity research in the stock market. And I spent a little bit of time in venture capital about a year. And then in COVID I stopped, I left my firm and started consulting with startups directly. No, no crypto projects yet, but definitely see it going that way 
within the next five to 10 years. So my background's traditional finance. Yeah, I, I started in stocks three years ago. Oh, yeah? It's like, still uh, a big in, interest of mine. Like a research analyst or uh, investor or... I mean, just personal, but um, I, I really like have a thesis of, I have like more like the ARK Invest kind of thesis, like um, uh, disruptive technology. And I really like uh, doubled down on that before the pandemic. And like, I mean, I bought Tesla 250 pre-stock split. Like I, I bought into Zoom and a lot of stuff. And I mean, I've just seen a lot of my thesis play out and it's just really made me want to double down. I have a renewable energy background, so um, I, I like to play that space a lot. There's some interesting specs in the spaces on battery and uh, materials technology. But so I, I still have a passion for it. Some people like we're in stocks and then they get into crypto and they just are like, oh, screw stocks. I love stocks and equities. Um, I'd love to be in venture capital and discover businesses and stuff someday. But um, crypto is fascinating and it's just part of that technology web uh, 3.0 or whatever. Yeah. And with these DAOs, like a powder, I mean, this is the first one where I'm seeing I mean, by, by pairing a DAO with mirror equity based assets, you're essentially combining stock market investing with crypto investing and DeFi strategies. And so it's so fascinating. I think it would be really fun to start a venture DAO or, or some kind of DAO similar to what Apollo is doing. And what's super dope is they're going to take a hundred percent of their Apollo revenue, put it in their war chest. So they have this thing called the war chest and that's going to be like their balance sheet, right? So their cash balance, obviously it's not cash, but uh, over time they're going to shift that revenue model to share more of that revenue with stakers. So by year four, they want to shift from a hundred percent going to the war chest to 70% into different vaults that will be there that people can earn from, 30% to reward Apollo stakers, and then just 10% remaining to, to fund their, their war chest, aka their cash balance. So, I mean, we're witnessing this complete decentralization of hedge funds, crypto fund, mutual fund, where anybody will be able to just kind of create a DAO on chain. And there's a couple of startups that are super interesting that are going to make that really easy to do for anyone to just create a DAO. I'm really excited for that. But I, I just think like, if you can just take like a little bit of, of money and participate in this, a DAO like this, I think you're just gonna learn a lot, right? And so maybe this one doesn't, I don't know how it's gonna do. I don't know, there, there's so many risks, things can go wrong. I'm not associated with the Palo at all. I've just, like I said earlier, been watching it and seeing it and there's a little bit of validation from the people who have backed it but i mean we're gonna really just learn by participating here and that's is, is again, this your second my episode? goal yeah so this is just the second room last week we talked about DeFi yield aggregators and i had my buddy on um to, to kind of help me do this and today it's just me solo here to kind of talk about it and um i see scott's listening too so you know scott if you want to join the queue, ask any questions or chime in, feel free. This is definitely more of a casual kind of kind of room today. But yeah, Mike, I saw you were on last week. You, you listened in for a little while live. Yeah, I was on my lunch break at work, so I couldn't really like jump in. Yeah, I was glad that you joined in. Um, 
because I think this call-in app is super dope. And <laughs> my voice, I, I, I put people to sleep, so I, I need somebody else to, to be kind of talking with me because otherwise it's just. No, you got a good voice for it. I've I've just jumped in and like hosted a few podcasts. Like it's it was like super intimidating because I was um, I'm used to just doing a monologue like on Spotify or um, I use an app called Anchor um, and I would you know uh, push it out to all the different podcasts. But it was it was a monologue unless I interviewed somebody and then just kind of hopping on and then I I was like, do I just start talking and do a whole show or do I like pull someone up? And but it, a few people jump in, and then it ended up being really good conversation. I think we had some good topics. And stuff, so. Yeah, last I week, like I so I mean, last week I prepared pretty diligently about what I wanted to talk about because I wanted to explain some definitions and, and make it simple. Um, and so today I, I didn't have as much time to prepare, so I figured, all right, well, let's just load up a description and, and see who wants to join in and talk. Hopefully, I was glad that you're able to join. Um, but, but yeah, man, I mean, I think so. So I just played with the Terra station today. It's a wallet program. And I, I had not done that before. I had mm-hmm. bought a little Luna because I wanted to, I knew I'd want to bridge it in and, and start experimenting in, in Terra DeFi. But since now the Apollo DAO is launching uh, the community event on Tuesday, I was like, all right, I need to spend a couple hours toying with this thing today and get ready for that. Cause I'm going to want to just, Put it in. There. I'm gonna to want to mess with it as soon as it goes live. So, so Terra is like a whole ecosystem, right? Yeah, it's a whole other. It's built on the the same tech as Cosmos, but yeah, it's its own. It's its own world. I haven't. I haven't. But with, I I thought it was on the. I thought it was on the um, Solana blockchain for some reason. Oh, I might be. I don't know. I think it's. From what I can tell, Terra. I know they've bridged. I, I they've, they've bridged into a lot of different things. Yeah. I was trying to see which coins were in the Terra ecosystem. I was real impressed. I heard an interview. Uh, do you, I think it was Real Vision Crypto. Maybe. Um. I think they, they interviewed the guy from Terra. Just talking about Mirror. Yeah, Mirror is, I think, just the fast, like a super fascinating thing. I haven't toyed around with it. I'm looking forward to it because I, I think I'll probably. I don't know what the pools are going to be. I think I think Apollo has has announced what the pools will be, like what you you would deposit, what the first ones will be, but. Um, All right, I'm seeing that there's seven Terra coins, uh, or seven ones in the ecosystem. There's there's UST, which is the dollar pegged one. Luna is uh, is what enables uh, UST to be pegged to the dollar. That's so Luna is the one that can go up in price. UST stays stable at a dollar. Um, right, and there's a coin that's the main Anchor. one. Anchor protocol. Yeah, so that's I know you can you can deposit your stuff there. I think it's a, a yield. I don't know if it's an aggregator, but I know you can you can just like stake. There's like savings as a service where they'll pay you out. So I I don't know exactly, but I think it's a yield aggregator. I mean, 
I know there's an anchor on Coinbase. I don't know if it's a different one. But... Yeah, I'm not sure. Mirror, mirror. There's one called Mine. I was seeing if I saw the one you were talking about. Apollo. Yeah, I was looking for Apollo. There's Terra KRW. So Apollo, their first, like they haven't even really launched yet. So that's on Tuesday. Oh, okay. So right now, I think it's all private. Whatever's whatever's part of the like fourteen percent of the entire token supply will be for their team, and then fifteen percent was sold privately. And 50% of the whole supply of Apollo will be eligible to be earned through the, the yield farming. So the yield farming is what starts on Tuesday. Okay. So like we they've got in their first post, they, they did share what the pools will be. But I know like they've shown some teaser screenshots where like one of the vaults in their teaser screenshots had a Tesla, like you could buy the, the, the mirror Tesla token and okay. Well, these prices, I think it's, I think it's all mock-up, but I don't know if the, if this APY will be there, but they're talking about over hundred percent APY on holding like your stock tokens there. But I don't know if that's actually going to be what they launch with. It could just be for the, the sake of the mock-up, but yeah, this is why, you know, this is what this whole thing is about. This whole channel is just a way for us to, like, look at projects, talk about it together. Because it sounds like you're pretty... So do you work in renewable energy right now? Uh, no, I, I work... I, I do microgreens and, like, farming now. But, um, I, yeah, I don't oh, know. Cool. I'm, I'm kind of looking to do a career pivot now. Into what? Uh either something financials or maybe real estate. Um, I've just kind of been looking, I, uh, I've also been looking at doing a certification, uh, UX design. So kind of been looking. right on, man. But I mean, I, I, every spare second I have, I'm looking at like, you know, technology stocks and crypto and stuff like that. It's, it's just so fascinating to me. I I'd love to do something like that, like for a living, but I, I don't really know where to jump in. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, we should talk on Discord or something um, privately because there's definitely I have thoughts on that about how to do that. I think the best way to make a pivot into crypto is definitely content creation like this and build a reputation, try to network through calling, network through Twitter and just get like active and then see what you can do mm-hmm. in your spare time. Um, I've seen people do it. I've seen really high profile people do it. People I, I happen to know as well. So it can be done, but you have to almost treat it like uh, a video game where you're just like putting putting in reps or like leveling up a character, you know? Yeah, I definitely do the, the work as far as research. It's, but um, I'm trying to push more into like the networking with people um, and really just put myself out there. I mean, I've done a podcast, but it's been more one-sided and that's why I really wanted to get into this is because it's a more two-sided dialogue and you just build up all kinds of cool connections. Yeah, man. So do you use discord much? Um, I've used it before. Um, got on and was discussing some business ideas with a friend. We use like the video and I, I follow, I have a, I follow a few of the different coins and stuff in discord channels. 
Yeah, no doubt. We have a channel. We have a crypto chemistry channel. You're always welcome to join. Oh, cool. I'll put a link in the channel in the show description. Oh, and I know I got you on Twitter you have, too. Do you have a Telegram too? Yeah, we have a we do have a channel on Telegram where I post. I'll be posting just like updates to different things. Nobody's really in there right now, but um, is that your main tool of communication? Nah, honestly. Because um, we can always talk on Twitter too. I don't even know what I yeah, I use I use Twitter. Um, yeah, I, I'd like to uh, get more comfortable with Discord. So I know a lot of people use that. It's it's a pretty cool, cool program. It's not my favorite, but it does do the job. I actually kind of like Telegram better, but the projects have really shifted towards Discord over the past several years, where that's the bulk of like the updates. And a lot of places, Telegram's kind of secondary. Um, yeah, my Telegram's so noisy because I've joined so many different tokens. <laughs> and I just get all these notifications constantly. Dude, I know. I know. <laughs> have, you heard of, uh, have you heard of the Mars Protocol? Yeah, that's hmm. another one making news on Terra. It's, I found this picture. There's a ton of different projects, right? By the way, so there's there's definitely more than than seven, but I think that a lot of them just are are very early. So I know that the Mars token, or sorry, there won't be a Mars token, but the Mars protocol is like another anchor where they'll be borrowing and lending built on Terra. Um, so I mean, there's just, I mean, Terra's the, the Luna token has been ripping, and I. I thought five dollars. I was waiting for a pullback when it was at like five bucks. Obviously, didn't get it. It's at like forty now. So I finally bought the dip uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, you still use the exchange, so all I can buy is the wrapped Luna token. But I guess I can get exposure that way through Coinbase. Yeah, that's that's what I did too for now. Because what you do is you can always withdraw that wrapped ERC twenty and then bridge it into into the the Terra station wallet there's a way to do that um but obviously yeah. there's oh are, are you pretty familiar with like lots of obscure tokens depends have you heard anything about the helium token yeah do you have any thoughts on it i just want like an unbiased thought on it well i can't give you an unbiased thought on it because i'm pretty bullish okay uh, i mine it right now um so I've like I, yeah. I use like one of the little miners and stuff and so far I've made like a decent bit. It's like having it sitting in my window and stuff. But um Nice dude. I mean, are there a lot of hot spots near you? I mean, I've only had it for like two months. So I've made like five hundred bucks off of it. Or so. Like Hell I'm yeah. trying to get my girlfriend to like I'm trying to figure out if I could like have a second one as long as it's at a different address and just put it up at her house. Yes. You can. You can. You just want to make sure it's not on the same Wi-Fi connection. Oh, no, it's not. What, would it go to the same wallet? You can set it up to do that, I'm pretty sure, yeah. I was just afraid it would, like, clear out my balance somehow, so I, like, panicked out of it. So I was like... Oh, no, no, you should definitely do it if, if you're interested in it, man. I'm, I'm super bullish on Helium. And I would say, you know, it's not that obscure. It's, it's obscure because it's not on Coinbase, but I've had a lot of people ask me about Helium... And it's uh, it's pretty well known. Yeah, I heard the guy come on um, a podcast, and like the guy, one of the guys that started it was like talking about it. it was Amir? Like, like, Dude. Uh, I 
I don't know. I don't know his name. But um, yeah, I guess it's built on Algorand, uh, which I didn't know much about at the time. And um, I did Emirate.io where they just send you a miner and they take like a portion of it. So I could make a lot more money, apparently, if I had my own. Oh, what's, what's that called? What's the call that you did? Emrit.io. Um, they like you just order one, they send it for free to you, and then they take a cut. I don't know what their cut is, but I mean, I'm still earning money, but I'm not having to spend $350 on a miner. But I'm sure I'd get a lot more profit if I was mining myself. Like, and I've never, yeah, I've never heard of this. Yeah, I mean, they, they probably make money because after a certain amount if they're taking some of a cut of it, like they're paying off that miner probably pretty fast. Yeah. I got to imagine I'm going to, I'm going to read up on these guys, but Oh, so your spot that, so it looks like they take 80%. 80. Yeah. Holy crap. Although it says your, your cool spot will earn 20% of mining rewards, depending on multiple factors, including the price of HNT. Oh, it's just, it's basically saying it all depends on like how much you earn, I guess. But so if I've earned like five hundred dollars, then they've taken a good bit. Probably. Shit. So I need to. But I, I mean, you didn't have to pay for it, right? No, I didn't pay anything. So it's. I mean, I'm using ten watts a day. That's all I put into it. So. So what happens now if you wanted to stop using it? Oh, I have to return it to them. You know what I would do if I were you? I would I would take you could take what you've earned, sell it, and then buy your own. Oh shit. I didn't even think about that, dude. That's brilliant. Yeah, but then I don't know, there's a huge backlog though that you'll have to probably go a little while without it being online. But if you want to cut if you want to yeah, capture hundred percent of that, I mean you could do it that way. Yeah, essentially, because if they're taking 80%, that's a lot of money I'm leaving on the table. That's quite a bit. I mean, if you, it's pretty dope that you got it for free. But yeah, if, if you were concerned about cost, like if you've, if you've actually made that much money, I think that's definitely enough to buy your own. But I think yeah, around it's like $350. It's just with the supply chain shortages, it's hard as hell to get them probably right now. Yeah, I ordered a Nebra. I ordered the Nebra outdoor unit back in whenever those were released initially. Um, and it took like four or five months. You know what I might do is wait till um, I might go ahead and like sell my sell it just to have that money sitting aside and like put it in cash and then um, wait till crypto like crashes. And then because I bet there's such a high demand for those uh, hotspots right now. Yeah, there is. Um, I don't know if we're going to get that. Yeah, I, I, I agree with, I totally understand what you're saying. Like, wait for the pullback to, to buy in or whatever. But, um, you know, I just never know really what's going to happen. Um, I mean, we, we got a pretty... We're not even close to my target for Bitcoin. So I what? think we got a long time. What What'd you say? I said, actually, yeah, we're, we're not even close to the target I have for Bitcoin for this bull run. So I do think we have a long time. Yeah, I just have no idea, dude. I mean, we've we got a pretty good correction during the summer in, in most of the market, but things have kind of been popping back up. And I think I'm, I'm super bullish on Helium, actually. I think there's there's a lot of upside left in the token. I mean, 
their market cap's grown quite a bit over the past year, but the things in their pipeline. And then I saw their COO was tweeting about possibly partnering up with Solana to do something cool. Like there's a lot of cards oh. up their sleeves now that they've, now that they've really validated their model. So is that, is that to build a, that's to build a 5G network, right? That's decentralized. Yeah, that's next. But the, or what is, what is the hotspot doing right now? Just sell you, I mean, sell service. Well, it's, it's their it's or, their low range frequency. So it's their custom oh. alternatives to Bluetooth. It's it's definitely not as strong as cellular. But the new hotspots that are shipping soon are going to actually tap into providing five G. So if you're at a Starbucks and the the neighbor of the Starbucks, the guy that lives above the, of the, above the cafe. If he has a 5G hotspot running from Helium, there's a good chance that hotspot is going to give you a better connection to 5G than the cell tower, wherever the cell tower ends up being, like if it's a mile away or whatever. So the way that I understand the spectrum works is that the device of yours automatically is supposed to prioritize whatever's closest and they they have permissioned like the FTC I think has permissioned the spectrum to work that way. So it's going to give a great opportunity for 5G hotspots. Obviously that's remains to be proven out and everything, but like it represents a huge opportunity, but the hotspot device, it's a new model. You have to buy a different hotspot that's, that's doing it. And I think they're, they're being super limited in where they roll those out because they want it to be in certain cities with, certain um coverage like really good 5g cities basically but it's super dude yeah i just think like um the next things i really want to see be decentralized is yeah cell service and power and like i'm super fascinated with the idea that communications infrastructure could be decentralized i'm super fascinated with the idea because I'm, I'm more of a real world, like, I've always worked, like, a lot of blue-collar jobs and stuff. And so I like to see what things can I tangibly see that can be decentralized. And I think if you could have electricity and you could have a whole system of trading, uh, solar power or whatever, um, I just, to me, that's so fascinating. That and communications infrastructure. Yeah, I would really love to see some kind of decentralized infrastructure for trading, like your excess solar generation, right? Like if you could just have a grid that runs on that, where you could have a market that people sell. Like if I had a solar panel and I, I wasn't using all the power, I could resell it through a blockchain system. I know people have tried, there, there have mm-hmm. been projects that have tried there's to do that. There's an energy but... web token. There's, there's a token called energy web token. That's the only one I've really seen. Um, I think they do limited projects with that, but I'm not really sure. Yeah, there was one in 2017. The ticker was POWR and the Power Ledger. Yeah, I don't know. Ledger? I don't know where they are right now, but I just remember that one. I remember trading that one in 2017. You, you, it sounds like you're familiar with Power Ledger. I've heard of it. Yeah, I just think the physical infrastructure tokens are going to be big some at some point. But I think there's kind of a lat- Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's like the stuff that's easier is software. And so you, you're a technologist, like, you, you know how all these technology companies, they, they did all this stuff with SaaS and they're like, oh, it's so, 
like it's so easy to disrupt all this stuff with software because you know it has network effects and it's not physical infrastructure right it's just super scalable yeah right? there's the cost of revenue is super low because you're just running a server well, somewhere which where these where uh, Silicon Valley gets into trouble is when they try to like extrapolate that into hardware or into industries where those like network effect laws don't quite apply or there's a lot of capex like that's why we work failed because it's actually not a tech company besides it has like a massive infrastructure cost or you know when you have like uber or any all, all these things that start involving real world objects and stuff it becomes much more difficult so those will probably be some of the later things to adopt blockchain is when you start is logistics and power and maybe communications and I mean, they're super interesting, but I wouldn't hold my breath for those to be like the first things to get adopted. Well, yeah, that's and that's where the helium model comes into play, right? Because you have the the consumers taking on the cost of the of the mining units and you deploy the infrastructure that way. So perhaps there's a way in the future where instead of a five hundred dollar helium hotspot, you buy a ten thousand dollar solar panel that connects to a a thing and and some kind of device that that connects to a grid where shit i guess you you do need to have some kind of connection some kind of hardware connection between the different panels and the batteries right you'd have to have two different units because maybe you wanted to participate in the the decentralized solar energy market but you didn't want to spend ten thousand on the the panel but maybe you spend two thousand on the battery so that you can consume other participants of the of the market who have the the ten thousand dollar panel, right? I mean, that's one way. I think this helium model, yeah. There's this use case of, of having people buy a hardware component for however much. You, there's there's another one called Acash. The ticker is AKT, and they're kind of mimicking this helium model. So, you know, yeah, it's it's less of a consumer market because you're talking about like a five thousand dollar, a ten thousand dollar unit that you buy. But there's so much potential with this kind of offset the cost, push the cost on the consumer and allow them to speculate, allow them to earn some kind of token that they can then speculate to hopefully make their money back. And hey, I see uh, Degmawi, I'm sorry if I'm butchering your name, but feel free to, to jump in the queue or I can invite you to speak. We're just kind of having a pretty casual conversation today, but... Yeah, I mean, Mike, have you seen anything like that where you you have a like a decentralized energy market? I, I haven't seen anything like that. I mean, we I, I used to build five megawatt solar farms, so and now they do like battery storage and stuff like that. So that's that's pretty centralized as far as renewables go. I didn't even mess with much renewables on uh, residential houses. I did a few, I did one company where I did that. We did like the full off grid, but that's not the normal. Yeah, that's not what. Well, that's what I'm saying. Did. You know, we were talking earlier about DAOs. I mean, it, it would be super interesting. I mean, my my vision here is how cool would it be to start a DAO and get some community member and do some yield aggregation, build up a revenue model, and then and then take that and invest in a new project, right? Like maybe we're the ones that start the the decentralized solar panel project or, or some other thing, you know, it's all. Yeah. You start having these, like almost like a Blackstone of crypto, like where they can just be like, bam, we're going to deploy capital here. 
bam, we're going to deploy capital here. And then you suddenly can create the world you want to see with like a DAO that can just like drop money, um, you know, just to go against the centralization stuff. Yeah, dude, super dope. Uh, I, I invited Dag Dagmawi up to speak. Um, hey, so man. Uh, I'm just uh, sort of in the back, just listening. Uh, sort of your fly on the wall. Uh, so, so just appreciated the conversation. Nothing more to really add at the moment. Um, and also forgive the sore throat. So I sound like a <laughs> like like a furnace in the back. Hey man, no worries. It's cool to have you here. Um, we had a, a week ago. I, I kind of launched this call in series and i i prepared a some slides and, and i explained a couple basics and so today i didn't have as much time to prep but i do have a couple slides and i'll share some information later today about apollo dow so apollo dow they're they're this new um a yield aggregate sorry a yield optimizer a yield aggregator they're launching on the terra blockchain and they have some really interesting things they're going to try to do, but their community farming event launches on Tuesday. So, uh, you know, I, I don't have any tokens yet. It's, it's, you can't really get them unless you're a private investor or, uh, a early beta member. So, you know, I'm not, I don't have any bags I'm pumping by talking about Apollo Dow because I literally can't buy the tokens yet, but I'm going to definitely participate in the farming on Tuesday because they, they're, I explained it before you got here, but um, yeah, I'll, I'll send I'll send out the the research I've done in this PowerPoint um, after I publish the the notes today. But I would invite you to to check out the, our crypto chemistry Twitter and then the Substack newsletter that I started last week, where I'm in just on a weekly basis, essentially check in on my bookmarks on these different projects I'm following, the different Discord channels, the different telegrams and it's a way that i can kind of avoid forgetting about stuff um and i want to just share that and, and see what other people think and you know that's kind of what we're doing here so really cool that you you got to come in and chat with us i don't want to make you talk if you're sick but <laughs> no not a problem at all uh, i'll definitely um i'll definitely follow the link in your bio and and, and check it out and see what's right on man um, to be honest, in, in, especially considering the space um, with regards to Apollo uh, Dow and, and the whole sort of market itself, <laughs> I think you can't go wrong with too much information. Yeah. Do you do anything on Terra now? Have you have you looked at Luna or, or Terra or Cosmos or any of that uh, stuff? The, in the most lightest of the word light. It's it's literally in a distant sort of in the back, right in the top left of thirty tabs, uh, and that that one tab being with respect to Luna anyway. Um, I haven't really looked at at, at Cosmos or, or any of the others. Um, it's almost background reading. Admittedly, haven't put dollars to to action. Feel that, yeah. Today, I I've only so with Luna. I had concerns uh, concerns about it. I only really started looking and paying attention this spring or summer. But I witnessed, you might remember, um, Binance Smart Chain, there were a couple of algorithmic stable coins that just completely failed. You know, there, there was one that Mark Cuban got burned on. 
Ah, that was and yeah. <laughs> um, but it was offering like a million percent APY or something like something absurd or a thousand percent or something insane. And so that's the issue, right? Like some of them are are offering really crazy APYs, but they're real, and then others are are not. And so I'm not advising anyone to participate in Apollo DAO. I, I mean, anything could happen here, but I'm going to be participating. I just want to learn. And so it, I'm using it as an excuse to to bridge some assets into the Luna world. Would you say Luna is an algorithmic stable coin then? Yeah. Yeah. And so it, because the way it works is it's it's tied to UST, right? So. Wait, what? Well, well, UST is the stable coin, but the way it works is, oh, oh. yeah. So in UST, order to in order to print more UST, you have to burn Luna, or that's the way. That, uh, what do you, what's UST? UST is is the the Terra. It's a Terra stable coin. Oh, I thought you meant Tether. For a second. <laughs> I was like, whoa, I don't want to be associated with Tether. <laughs> I can no way. USDT, no, okay, that was a demon. I was like, I don't want anything associated with Tether. <laughs> yeah, man. It's uh, no, dude, no, dude. Yeah. So, I mean, UST. Um, let's check it out. So, it's Terra USD is what the the thing stands for. And do you have thoughts on uh, Luna versus Maker? Like, which Die? The, I guess that's another. Yeah, Die DAI or DAI. Yeah, I don't know how that one works i know it's an algorithmic stable coin but it's definitely been around for a while so that's what i look for here is like all right have they survived stress tests have they survived market crashes like flash crashes how did these algo stable coins perform when the market is under extreme deleveraging and, and risk and so we've had several crazy flash crash dumps market pullbacks over the past six months and I've seen UST kind of maintain the peg. And the, the issue, again, I had was I, I was hesitating to put money into Luna just because of what I saw in the BSC world. And, and maybe I was too skeptical because, like, the BSC world has all sorts of crazy shit in it. But I, I do have a little bit of, you know, skepticism and I'm a little cautious on the uh the algo stablecoin play where the this the thesis on luna mainly i think is you assume that ust they're going to be circulating more and more and more of it and as a result burning more and more and more luna and that supply shift benefits the luna price um so i mean if that fundamentally breaks down in a in a market crash or a bear crash or some kind of hack or something. I mean, that, that's going to be a problem, but um, I, I don't know. I've seen from what I've witnessed and from what, what I've read, it seems to be holding up. Okay. So I think my skepticism has been a little bit um, certainly warranted, but like it's come down a bit, you know, so I, I'm a little more, I've, I've opened up to it to, to Luna and, and UST a bit. I was getting really nervous about stable coins in general for a while after I started hearing all this stuff about tether. And then, um, I know uh, Circle or USDC was, it even had like a good bit that wasn't in cash in their coin, but I started feeling better recently because they are 
committed to having almost all cash and some U.S. treasuries or something. But like that seems like a much more. But I, I do think we need to have everything, most things moving to an algorithmic one because, I mean, you're essentially not that decentralized. If someone could seize like a stable coin and screw up all of crypto, um, you talk about seizing like the reserves or something, you know? Yeah, I I don't know. I, I really don't know. They call it meat space, you know, like wherever you have any exposure to the real world. Right. I, I mean, I just don't know. It's, it's a great question. I think it makes sense to have an algorithmically driven stablecoin for sure, but it's a lot can go wrong. And, and so I, I really can't, I'm not comfortable putting out my, my neck on the line saying like that is the only way that this is going to work. So I do want to mention USDC. So Circle, the corporation, in June of 2021, they put out a investor presentation. I think USDC is going public. Like the Circle, um, it's a SPAC. I've I've actually yeah. invested in that. I think that'd be great. Did that close yet? Uh, no, it's called like Concord Acquisition or something like that. I, I don't think it's closed, but I, I bought it on Robinhood. Yeah, how's the price been doing? I'm pulling it up. So it's it's a uh, it's Bob Diamond Concord Acquisition Corp. The ticker is CND. Yeah, I think I think most people don't realize what that is right now, and I think it's really sneaky. I don't think it's been going like crazy. Uh, Bob, yeah, Bob here's Diamond okay. as in the uh, the ex Barclay CEO's back. Bob Diamond's. I don't know. So he was at Barclays. If the Concord Acquisition Corp, it's I have a return of negative two percent right now <laughs> since I bought it. That's yeah, that much. sounds about right, man. I'm looking at the stock chart; like it's definitely had a lot of ups and downs. Um, but I'll tell you. So it, have you seen the deck? Have you seen their the Circles is. Investor yeah. deck that they put out for that deal? Uh, I have it. And so I have it pulled up. I'll, I'll send it out after I'll keep it in the show notes so you guys can look at it. But yes, it is the Barclays Bob Diamond. He's the chairman of Concord Acquisition, the SPAC. So this is his deal. And one thing that I learned. But Circle is run by a well-known guy. I think he, I, I was, uh, Jason Calcanis, uh, I assume you listen all in. Yep. But, um, he, he, I think yeah, he knew. I think it's Sean, Sean. Yeah, I think he knew the guy. He said he like worked for some big tech company or something. But he's not hiding in some island, like you know, not refusing to meet with people. Like yeah, circle are circle are legit. I, I'd be surprised if, if if they end up with. Yeah, them and uh, Jim and I are the only coin uh, stable coins I've really been screwing with. I think Jim and I is the only one that's fully like insured or backed or something. Like they've got some sort of certification, I think. So Circle, I remember this happened a, a week or two ago or a month ago, within the past month, they faced a bunch of criticism because they, because of what you said, right? That they weren't fully backed by cash one-to-one or commercial paper or whatever. And so they, to counteract that criticism, they recommitted to a full one-to-one backing. To um, be fair, they mostly were dealing with that because they're... Uh... 
because Tether was getting so much heat. Probably they wouldn't be even getting that much heat if it wasn't for Tether. But I, I think they wanted to differentiate themselves, and so there was no question about it. Yeah, I'll send you so this this PowerPoint of that Circle put out in June when they were shopping the SPAC deal. You can you can read through it. It's it's actually super interesting. I I think it's like you know if I had a choice between investing in Robinhood stock or Circle stock, I probably would pick Circle just because their API services. So Circle's API services looks like this really interesting use case that they've got versus Coinbase. You know they're just going to be taking fees off of trades and they're they're going to be doing DeFi custodianship like you if you're going to hold coinbase stock it's just i think going to trade alongside the performance of like bitcoin in the crypto markets but i think circle they're probably going to be similarly tracking but at least with circle these revenue streams are a little different i don't know i i just feel like coinbase does have some stuff up their sleeves i think they'll have a marketplace um, they'll figure out a way to have some interesting products that they're going to offer. Like all these, all these fintechs are trying to become a one-stop shop. Out, the, the three fintechs I'm the most bullish on don't include Robinhood. I would say it's Coinbase, SoFi, and Square. Um, those are like the three. But all of these companies are really trying to be like uh, savings, investing, crypto. They're trying to do all of it. And... So I think they're all going to look very similar in the end, but it's it's just how well well they deliver on it. And I think those are the three, in my opinion, that have the best shot at. Yeah, know, I think I I think I misspoke. I, I meant to say Coinbase and not not Robinhood, but but yeah, I, I agree. I, I agree. I mean, if you can get the millennial and the Zoomer dollars on your platform, they're going to want to stick around because it it is kind of annoying to to switch accounts at least the traditional finance accounts, your bank accounts and stuff, they're hard to close and there's a cost usually. So um, if you can get that mind share early as a company, then that's, that's huge. Uh, hey, I see Henry's on. So again, um, we've been talking for a while, but Henry, definitely feel free to join the queue or, or whatever. But if you, if you want to talk, we, we've just been kind of chilling. Um, <laughs> definitely give the show a follow and, Follow us on Twitter. We can chat on Discord too about all this stuff as well. I think the um, I, I agree with Mike's latter too. I'm not completely bullish on Coinbase. I, I think the I'm more so bullish on Brian than I am on Coinbase. If that makes sense, I think I think him at the lead and his ideas and thoughts um, with regards to where to take Coinbase might have a greater odds than what currently Coinbase offer. I'm also not too sure about how they're going to continue. Um, upselling, especially with the continued competition from both the top down and also the bottom and lattices, uh, uh, bottom players and also the legacy players that exist. Um, I think Square is also like like uh, Mike had said. Um, you've got the legacy players such as Square trying to sort of play a top down role, whilst you've got the bottoms up with the from well, I guess from everybody from. Robinhood, to, well, I won't consider Robinhood, but sort of your, um, uh, even your FTXs as well. Um, I'm not, I, 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 I'd expect to see more consolidation in the next, I'm going to give it 48 months. 
Um, and I think we'd, we'd see large name consolidations in this space. Have, have you looked at how like the revenues of Coinbase though? And it's like, you look at their like, what their PE ratio and every like their price to sales, all that kind of stuff compared to, I just view it as a super discount to, they've just gotten like crushed compared to like the amount of money they're just printing. Like it's like Airbnb, like it just, I mean, they're just printing money over there. Fair. No, that that's reasonable. Um, I, I was playing on it on a, I guess it was the timeline I had in mind rather than it, it, it sort of being a short term situation where we're expecting the, the PE ratio to, to make a bit more sense even, or, or dare I say, um, align with the current momentum of, of capital that they're printing. Um, if I was to place a long-term bet, I'd, Coinbase wouldn't be there, but that's only my own my own personal perspective. You, you make a strong case for it, irrespective. Yeah, I mean, I just think they have like uh, I I just think they have a lot of things up their sleeve. I think they've been kind of honing the core product, but I think they have a lot of levers to pull. Um, I just don't think we've seen anything as far as like the total amount of things they're going to do. That's fair. That's fair. They yeah. Have the, yeah. The they've only been strictly on, on what exactly they've only been on the, yeah, that's fair. They've only been on, on, on providing one product at the end of the day and, that, and they've already obtained quite a bit of market share and also brand awareness to go with. So they definitely haven't, um, uh, then they're not on their last legs. You are right. Well, then didn't they say they're going to spend some amount of revenue on, on buying or, or investing tokens? Well, they they are a big investor. They're they're a huge investor in USDC. They're huge investors in a lot of different projects. So they're they're almost like a venture capital arm too, or they definitely are. They, they um, definitely are. Yeah, they said. So here's the the headline was from Friday, August twentieth, that they're going to be buying five hundred million dollars in crypto and investing future profits into a crypto portfolio. So. They're going to be investing in Ethereum, proof-of-stake assets, DeFi tokens, and many other crypto assets supported for trading on its platform. So, I mean, what, what I'm hearing there is basically they are going to be there to buy the dips, right? They're, they're going to take 10% of all profit from the company's bottom line and use that to buy crypto. I mean, it's almost like they're going to become a, a fund but um, it's, a, it's yeah, it's a self-perpetuating wheel, right? If if everything goes well, it'll pay itself back in, in greater ways than, than all. And if not, I guess there is some form of um, what's the term I'm looking for? Some some form of comfort in seeing the, a large player in this space still willing to dabble in and, and buy the dips whenever the prices go down. Yeah, and that's so. That's exactly what the Apollo Dow topic is about, like. They, as I said earlier, they've explained the tokenomics just uh, yesterday of, of their new token or, or a couple of days ago. And so they've, they've highlighted in granularity how they're going to spend the income that they're going to get. And so just so, so Henry, I, I've said it a couple of times, but um, th- their community farming event starts on Tuesday. I'm not associated with them at all. And so the, the token's not publicly available yet. Um, so it's not like I'm able to, to benefit from shilling or anything. The, I'm interested in toying with it on Tuesday when it launches, but this idea, right, that you can essentially run a platform on a DeFi contract, smart contract basis, and the revenue, any revenue that you're deriving from those contracts, you can then build a cash balance and they call it their war chest. And so they're going to run uh, complicated and simple strategies across Terra and other chains. 
And it's similar to that Coinbase thought, right? Like they're, they're going to spend profit and they're going to invest it. And if you're a holder of the Coinbase stock, right? I mean, it's only going to increase the amount of tracking, the price tracking between the two assets, the correlation between the two assets, because over time, your share of Coinbase stock is actually going to represent uh, a big piece of some crypto portfolio. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Do you, do you want to hear a few of the things Coinbase is invested in? Yeah, like startups. Uh, they're invested in BlockFi, uh, OpenSea, Dapper Labs, Starkware, Taxbit. That's just among a few. So, I mean, they definitely have some good investments in some of these different projects. Yeah, I know their their project called Coinbase Ventures. They bought, they invested in something called Bison. Yeah, wasn't there something called uh, like Bison Trails or something like that? Um, and, and they they run yeah. uh, helium validators. So what's really interesting to me on on the topic of helium, like it, so, if they're going to run um, validators, they're going to earn income in those new tokens, and so that then becomes super interesting because they can then take the tokens they earn from running validators and put them on their order books and they can run inventory order books on those proof of, on those tokens they've earned from proof of stake. So when they announced that in August, they're going to invest in a bunch of proof of stake tokens, you know, it's super interesting because then they can take those tokens and then package them up into lending products, assuming they get this sec stuff figured out. Um, you know, they, they're going to be able to any of these DAOs that are taking a cut of these fees or a company like Coinbase, they're going to really be able to package like th these uh, these tokens and do really interesting things. And it's it's the Wall Street derivative market on another level. Like it's the future of of these of these markets. Coinbase is just going to be this like kind of alt bank that people can go to to like get yield when they can't get yield from these miserable banks. Um, and of course there's, there's more, there's better ways to do it through actual DeFi, but like, they're kind of the, I view them as almost just like the broad population gateway to all these things. Um, and they're not idiots from, I mean, they're, it's not like they're just pandering to get into this stuff from the projects they're invested in. It's like, they know what they're doing. I can tell, like, these are serious projects that they're investing in. Yeah, I'll, I'll include uh, I'll include the link uh, on Bison Trails in the description, and I'll I'll post the list of things they've invested in. Um, I can post a big spreadsheet that will have all that stuff, so that people can see it, and we'll have that as a reference point for us to to dig in onto. But yeah, I totally. I like I like Square, but I do you understand like why Jack Dorsey? I think he's doing himself a disservice by not branching out into anything except bitcoin i mean it's interesting that they're going to do cold storage wallets they said and mining and all this kind of stuff but i feel like they're um limiting themselves as far as not branching out from anything other than bitcoin yeah i don't know. Could, could it be similar in the same way how coinbase focuses on <clears throat> sorry about the voice um as as um Coinbase t tailors itself to sort of the broader audience, as you had said, Mike. W I would Square potentially look to position itself as 
closer to the higher end part of the spectrum with regards to the whether it be the hedge funds or or private wealth management firms and so on and so forth where bitcoin is seen at present moment as the most stable of stable coins for a lack of a better term um and and thus look to tailor themselves to to that audience compared to trying to go for um the audience that the cash app sing, singularly target i think it's jack's like ethos because to my knowledge, I don't think Square's doing a lot of institutional sales. And Coinbase is actually, they make way more money off of institutional. That's actually where most of their money is coming from, is um, most of their money is, they're actually buying for other exchanges too. I think Robinhood actually gets their crypto from Coinbase. That's an interesting to look at thing to look at, because I think a lot of these other exchanges are actually getting their crypto from Coinbase, and Coinbase is securing it. So they almost off, offer crypto as a service to, um, I mean, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure I saw that, that other exchanges aren't wanting, willing to take it and hold it, which is why Robinhood, you don't actually own your crypto. Right. You're just tracking the assets. But yeah, I think for back to the topic of like Jack and Square and Bitcoin, I think he probably... To, to, to Dagmawi's point, there's a play there, right? If, if you're really super focused on the increasing institutional demand from BTC, because that's the, the, the big, big, big institutions, they can't go and buy micro caps and small cap coins. They can't productize those at scale because if they were to start deploying cash and making positions, they would face extreme slippage and they would drive the price up of, of all those tokens. So the only way to benefit from the small micro caps are, are when you're dealing with a smaller pool of money, ironically. So I think there's probably a liquidity element to it there. Like the, the Bitcoin, I mean, it's just been around the longest. It's the most battle tested. It's the original and whatever reasons people might have. But I think there's just a simple, it's probably, I, I see it as a simple supply and demand. Now he might be more philosophical if he answered that question and, and pontificate about the the role that BTC plays, and and it's the original, and and whatever the the maximalists will talk about. But yeah, yeah, I think so. But you know, all we can do is really speculate. I'd love to, I'd love to see what he would say to that question. And maybe he's been asked that in the past. I know he was on a panel a couple months ago, or at that uh, at didn't Ark Invest have him up on a panel? Yeah, with Elon. Yeah, I haven't even watched. Did you watch that? I never saw that. Yeah, I actually did a podcast on it. I took notes on it. And so. Oh shoot! I would. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's um, it's a really good thing to watch. It's it's really interesting. Um, <laughs> there's some funny quotes that come out of it. Elon says, uh, "I don't, I do pump, but I don't dump." That was one. Of my <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> you started talking about Dogecoin. You could tell they both like checked out, like. Kathy Wood and um, Jack Dorsey. Jack Dorsey looked like he was on some Buddhist retreat. Like he had like a tie dye shirt on and like a giant beard, and he was like stroking it the whole time. That's probably his go-to look for the past. Oh man, yeah, I don't understand the the Bitcoin maximalist argument because like, are they actually do they actually think that? all those things can just be built on top of Bitcoin or do they just think the whole product itself is stupid? 
I think it's a philosophical argument. I, I don't really know either. Um, it's certainly undeniable that there's a lot of interesting projects being built on other chains using other technology. But I think the maximalists are super focused on the idea that there will be like a global currency, like one true thing, and, and there's no manipulation, you know, the libertarian and um, anti-fragile arguments around it. And I'm, I'm personally less interested in that take and more interested in interesting business use cases, personally, like startups like Helium or others where there's an interesting thing happening versus just the, the anti-inflation or uh, the manipulation arguments. I mean, I, I do find those compelling and those are important, but um, I think if you take it, you know, this is controversial to, to talk about in different ways, but yeah, I think they're just hyper-focused on that. What do you think? Admittedly, I don't have much to add on this particular topic, gents. Um, I think you've covered the two angles <laughs> that a person could cover in this particular topic. I'm not too. Um, I do prefer the the business models that have been built on the various altcoins and also inclusive of Bitcoin. Dare I say it? Uh, am, am I wrong in thinking that there's been more tran more transactional entities and 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 companies being built on the uh, on both Ether and so on and so forth compared to Bitcoin. I, I can't think of a uh, of a company slash product aside from the concept of yield that has been built on Bitcoin. But I, that's possible of my just lack of lack of uh, looking into into the actual spectrum. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd have to look into that too. I know um, because it's a lot harder to change the protocol, right? Because it's it's more established. Precisely. Um, and and yeah, I'm sort of alike uh, uh, with you, chemist. I prefer the the products and companies that that are being built up on on top of these uh, on top of the current block protocols versus um, the agenda being pushed by the Bitcoin maximalists, which I understand, but it's almost cultish like um, where where it becomes almost a, a, a vicious cycle of, of discussion points as well, uh, which doesn't actually lead to any innovation and, and, and nor, nor product building of, of any sort. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I sort of align with the pair of you. Yeah, yeah. I mean, if anyone has any thoughts there, I'm sure there's people with passionate thoughts on that. Um, Very nice people. I've gone to a Bitcoin meetup and um, I, I went quite a bit, but uh definitely not very receptive to talking uh i i ended up with just a few other people kind of almost like uh segregated from the group because i wanted to talk about other coins and other projects what, what was the best argument that you found from a bitcoin maximalist is it the stereotypical twitter regurgitation that we see or was there any other nuance to take um that, that you faced Honestly, it was just scarcity, and this was the first one. And this is, you know, digital like gold. There will only ever be twenty-one million. Like it was just these things. It's like okay, I mean, I can like make something and say there's only going to be this X amount. Um, but there has to be a network effect. There has to be practicality to it. And like I hold Bitcoin, but I mean, I hold it more as just kind of a digital asset. Um, that has scarcity and a network effect. 
but I, I just don't have that perception. Like whenever someone tells me, uh, so this guy, Ralph Powell said something interesting that I completely agreed with. And it was whenever people tell me not to look in a certain direction, I want to go look there. And that's immediately when I got into Bitcoin, I was already like curious about what else was out there. And I think you either have the mentality where you just immediately lock into something and get cultish about it, or you have that curiosity where you're like, okay, I understand this, but what else is there? And either have it or you don't, you know, that curiosity. Yeah, it makes sense. And I think, I, I agree. I think holding some is definitely from a portfolio management aspect, a smart thing to do. If you're going to be dabbling in the space, um, you know, if you're, if you're bullish on crypto, you probably should have some kind of allocation on BTC just because of the status of the market. But yeah, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if, if you're not open-minded about learning about other things, you know? And so I don't spend my time around a lot of maximalist type of people, but I generally don't get into those kind of fights on, on Twitter or anything. And I, I just kind of tune a lot of it out because there's people on all sorts of sides with the different main chains with that but, but yeah then there's east maximalist there's solana polka dot cardano like i mean it's almost like these things were made to like create this almost like cult-like things so that people like pulled these projects up but um at some point at to some degree almost the cult-likeness of some of these things allows the project to get um velocity like escape velocity but then at some point it's unhelpful and it's actually like pushes people away yeah, yeah. um totally agree so oh you know, side we... note, sorry chemist side note mike i just saw i just looked up coinbase's price i'm buying some oh you convinced them <laughs> Convince me in the slightest. Don't don't give him too much. Can't. Wait, what what happened? Uh, I just saw, looked at uh, Coinbase's price and and also how how things had been going for the past few days. I, uh, oh. I mean, a deal's a deal, right? Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Shit, you you're right. Trade it. Like it's barely up from IPO. So uh, I I I I bought some. Yeah, and if you're bullish on Brian, then I mean that's one way to take a bet on it him. It is, it is. Uh, to be, I fair, gotta imagine. To, to be fair, I did have, I did already have some on 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 side when they when they IPO'd, but but I hadn't to to give uh, Mike credit, I hadn't looked at the price in the past couple of days. I was I was sort of thinking about it from a long term sort of discussion point. Dude, that, that's oh, a yeah, yeah, that's a it's that's tanked. a that's a bargain. I got to imagine it's down thing. due to the Twitter thread, right? The SEC yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, That what was that? Was have I? Am I? Can somebody? Do either of you understand what exactly went with that decision on Brian's part? Because that, from the outside looking in, wasn't the smartest move in dealing with the SEC. Not everybody is Elon. From what I understand, the SEC guy has been super active on Twitter lately, the head of the SEC. And people, uh, Howard Lindzen, I don't know if you read his blog, but he had been talking about that and it, before the Brian Armstrong thread. And so it was very odd 
he was Howard was commenting. It's very odd that the SEC all of a sudden is being <laughs> moving markets with Twitter, and then you know three days later we saw the the Brian Armstrong thread. So I think there's an element there where, where you have more communication from all these different parties uh, just on Twitter. But yeah, I don't know. I don't really know how that plays out. And I think there's, there's probably just kind of trying to rally after seeing the way that the community rallied um, with the infrastructure bill issues. Um, I, I suppose Brian is trying to tap into that energy with the Twitter thread, but Coinbase has a lot of enemies, so I, I don't know how, how that. Uh, I appreciate that. Hey, thanks. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, so we've been talking for a while about hour and a half here. Definitely want to encourage it more of it. Um, I, I do have to run though. So guys, it's been fun. Definitely check out the show, uh, subscribe, follow, and hit us up on Twitter, Discord. This is all about just learning together, talking about interesting things, not here to show anything. And then, um, well, except for the brand. So <laughs> the Substack, I'll, I'll post an update to Substack later today uh, about some different projects. Do you have a newsletter? Research. Say that again? you have a newsletter? Yeah, I just posted it last week for the first time. We're basically just sharing links um, and, and different links and different updates. So okay. things it's basically a way for me to stay accountable, but um, you never know where I'll go. So always open to collaborate if you want to help with it. But yeah, just launched it last week. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to get your Twitter and all that kind of stuff and follow you. Uh, what's... What's the other guy's name? I don't even see him on here because I wanted to follow him. Yeah, Mike. Um, he is not on right now, but his if you go to the show and click on subscribers, his his follow is is Mike Spud. So it's at M I G U E L S P U D. <laughs> He's one of my good friends, so give him a follow okay. too. Okay. Yeah. He but we'd love to have you guys back on. Let's let's definitely collaborate on what we could do together. Um, Henry, if you ever want to join as well, just let us know. And we will catch you guys next time. Till, till next right, time, folks. It was a pleasure. Definitely done and done with regards to subscribe and then follow. Take care. Awesome. See yeah. you guys. Hope you get rich off that Coinbase. <laughs> the same to you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right, until next time.